Welcome to Friends Fascinating, where two friends that can talk for hours, talk for hours. I'm Jet Jones. I'm Mackenzie DeMaio, and we're excited to have you along for the ride. If you like listening to this episode, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe. So, as I believe we've covered in our previous episode, we've spent a lot of time on TikTok. <laughs> yes. So, um, one of my topics today that I'll be surprising Mackenzie with is uh, based on some info I got from TikTok, because where else do you learn things these days? Nowhere. Uh, exactly. And um, it's all about tears. Oh. And I'm curious. I was like, hmm, maybe she's seen this TikTok because we both have seen a lot of the same TikToks. <laughs> they overlap a little yeah. on our pages. For real. Um, but it's all about um, the type of tears that your body produces. And I think I've heard this theory in the past, but just being reminded of it, I thought was kind of cool. and would be a good icebreaker topic for us to begin. So um, basically, he was talking about how there are three types of tears. Um there are basal tears, and they're kind of complex, and they basically coat your eye and give it nutrients and have, like, the outer structures that protect your eye. Um, so it's like your normal moisture of blinking kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Um, so they keep your eye nice and moist and protected. And then the other type is reflex tears, and those are made um, basically in a gland in your eye, and they're mostly made of water, as you can expect. But those tears reflect to, like, a stimulus. So... If you have a scratch on your eye or a bug mm-hmm. in your eye, or you're riding your bike and a bug flies in your eye and scratches your eye, <laughs> that's the type of tear that's going to like wash it out. Kind of like your little like windshield wipers. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the one that I thought was the most interesting, so like I said, this is a pretty quick one, um, is the emotional tears that you cry because depending on the type of crying that you do, you release a different like emotional chemical. Because if you um, have an excess of a hormone or a chemical in your brain, basically, in your, however you have emotions in there, I don't know the full science behind it, but um, your body is excreting some of that, like, hormone that makes you sad. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like if you're overly happy, that's why you could well up and cry is because your body's trying to regulate itself. I'm totally a happy crier. Yeah. Yeah. And same thing for sadness. It's just a different type of hormone. Like like what you hear, like dopamine, serotonin. Like I don't know what the sad hormones are because we don't talk about those because we're sad. <laughs> but basically, if you have an abundance of them floating around in your brain, your eyes are excreting them. So <laughs> what does that mean for people who never cry? Well, that's kind Are they of, bottling up their emotions see, or do they not feel them as prevalently? Um, I think it could mean either one because we all have different levels of hormones in sure. our body and how they're regulated and there's also mental, mental illness and those sorts of things. But um, I thought for myself, I tend to hold back my tears quite a bit. And it's funny because as women, I find that I cry more during hormonal times in my life. <laughs> and so I I definitely feel that for myself. And I feel better after I cry just a little bit. Nothing mm-hmm. like I'm not sobbing around here. But like if you need a gentle weep over the fact that like you saw a really cute grandpa on TikTok or, <laughs> or whatever it is yeah. or a cute puppy or something that's because you feel good or you just feel an excess of emotions or that type of hormone mm. floating around in your brain, you can excrete some of it and it actually helps you regulate your emotions interesting i know so i just thought i would bring it up as a topic to encourage people to feel your feels <laughs> yeah i i feel like i have heard that it is good to cry when mm-hmm. you feel 
emotions. Cry it out. Yeah, like, and I feel that. Sometimes, like, do you ever feel like you just need a good cry? Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't know why, Mm -hmm. but whether you're overwhelmed, there's a lot going on, sometimes you just need to cry. And it might be at a grandpa TikTok, and it might be (laughs) at a sad commercial. Yes. But if it gets the emotion out, I find that it's cathartic. It makes you feel maybe more emotionally regulated, apparently. For real. So, it just kind of opened my mind a little bit to, and something I've always been interested in is like holistic healing and like listening to your body and just like really evaluating what that is. Cause it's so strange that our societal norms dictate how we emotionally regulate. Mm-hmm. And I found that so kind of frustrating, especially for men. Like if they have all these pent, pent up like hormones and emotions about mm-hmm. whatever it is. That's a stereotype. And they feel like they can't cry. Mm-hmm then they're not going to emotionally regulate maybe as well if yeah. they can't get that build up out. That makes sense. Yeah. And I I feel like I'm an easy crier more than maybe I used to be. Mm-hmm. I And I don't know why that is, but like, I don't know. If I get worked up, if I'm angry, I could cry. Yeah. If I am sad, I will cry. See? It, it, it could be nothing to Which do with me. Which is funny that you can cry for reasons other than being sad mm-hmm. because of those other hormones. So yeah. I thought it was interesting. I don't know the super scientific facts about it, of course, but I just thought it was so such a good case study-ish for being you. That's interesting. And allowing yourself to shed those tears. <laughs> I will say my first, my worst fear is crying at work because oh, gr- yeah. very rarely have I been that worked up. And it could be something silly. It could have to do with my personal life. But, like, <laughs> I don't want to do that. And maybe yeah. that's how men feel all the time. Yeah. So weird. Very weird. Yeah. That's my first yeah. topic. Cool. Well, my first topic, it kind of, the the way I got to it was I was trying to come up with a topic, a second topic today, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about some of the things we talked about last week, and one of them was moving, and just Ooh. the fact that... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, we're not going to stay on that part too long. Oh, okay, <laughs> sorry. The, so I, I literally looked up moving in Wikipedia, because I was like, what's interesting about moving? And then... I found this super interesting thing that has only a tiny bit to do with moving. But there is something called the Holmes Ray scale, and it's it's a stress scale. And mm-hmm. the reason that I went down this little rabbit hole was when I Wikipedia searched moving, pretty quickly it said something about moving has a score of 20 on ah. the Holmes Ray stress scale. I have heard about have this. Have you? And I had not. Holmes as in H-O-L-M-E-S. Yeah, like yeah. Sherlock. Yeah. And so then, it's like the person that's the name of the study. Not yep. to be confused with you're moving and it's a Holmes Oh, I rating. see. I see what you're... Yeah. yeah the point yep, you're yep, yep. Yes. And so it's a list of 43 stressful events that can contribute yep. to illness. I think I've heard of this and I, had I want never to heard know more. It. Tell me more. This, I was <laughs> truly fascinated by this today. Yeah. I thought it was so interesting. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it was developed in 1967 by psychiatrist Thomas Holmes and Richard Ray, which is spelled R-A-H-E if you're trying to look it up. And they examined the medical records of over 5,000 medical patients as a way to determine whether stressful events may cause Ooh, illness. Ooh, tell me more. Which is so interesting. <laughs> Tell me so, what's going to kill me. I need to know. <laughs> well, okay. So it's, so the, and the way they did this study was patients were asked to tally a list of the 43 events that they, I assume, picked. Like um, deemed the most stressful? Yeah. And so to, on a relative score, they tallied them. Okay. And there was a, po- a positive correlation of 0.118 found between the life events and their illness. 
And so the subsequent validation to this was a link between stress and illness. Okay. To be. I've heard about that. Yes. Um, Yeah. And I have two, but not with like actual studies and facts, just kind Mm -hmm. of the idea behind it, Mm -hmm. which makes sense because if you're stressed, you're probably not sleeping well. You may not be eating well. It's affecting like your mental health and your mental state. You're fatigued. So that all makes sense why your body would be under pressure. And then in 1970, um, there was an additional research study. So the scale was given to 2,500 U.S. sailors, and they were asked to rate and score the life events over the previous six months. And over the next six months, they had detailed records of the sailors' health. And so there, this was the point one one eight correlation between stress and illness, which was sufficient to support the hypothesis. And so the way it works is if you score 300 or more on this scale, you could be at risk of a higher chance of illness. Ooh. And it didn't specify the illness. I, I didn't look too deep into it, but I imagine it can be anything from like colds to like more long-term things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it probably has to do with the duration of the life events, but it takes a if toll you on your body. Allergies, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And so it also said that if you score between 150 and 299, you might be at risk for moderate illness, okay. um, but it's reduced by about 30%. And if you score less than 150, it's a slight risk of illness. And so, with those numbers for context, moving is 20. When I first saw it, I thought 20 might be a lot. And this is over the course of your lifetime? I think it has to do with what you're experiencing all at once. Oh. So, the number one was death of a spouse. Okay. As 100. Yeah. And so, that was the most. And then divorce was 73. Um... Marriage was 50, which I thought was interesting. Retirement was 45. Pregnancy was 40. Mm. Uh, Business readjustment was 39. Mm -hmm. And it kind of just goes down the list, but it's everything. Tell me more. I want more Trouble with your boss. uh, Change in residence. So moving. Yeah. There was like different specifics about moving. So... Even vacation was on here. Vacation is 13 on this, which is really low by yeah. comparison. If you're but, traveling and your spouse dies and you just changed your and job you're pregnant, and, and, and you're you pregnant. Yeah. And, and I think I saw like trouble with in-laws was on here. Oh. So like, yeah, yeah basically if you're dealing with a lot of these at once, your body can't hang. <sighs> yeah. And another interesting fact was they had a separate list for kids. So death of a parent was 100, oh. an unplanned pregnancy was 100, oh, yeah. getting married was 95. So <laughs> things that would be a bigger deal for a child. It was listed as a non-adult. Yeah, so, so under 18, I assume. I assume. Uh, jail sentence of a parent, uh, death of a close friend. What's the jail sentence one? Uh, oh, good point. The, the numbers probably matter. Jail sentence of a parent was 70. Yeah. So, and your parents getting divorced was 90. So if your parents get divorced and a parent goes to jail, that's 160 points. And it was the same scale. So over 300 was considered a higher risk of an illness. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was so interesting that literally like it just stressed the importance of having a low stress life Mm -hmm. and not overdoing it, not overworking yourself. Going in phases. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of, you know, maybe taking some of those things in stride. Maybe you don't get married and buy a house and have a kid and move the same year. Yeah. Maybe you do (laughs) them spaced out (laughs) a little to reduce your stress and literally be healthier. Yeah. Which I thought was so interesting. I was fascinated by this concept. A true concept of slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. And so I feel like I have a lot of points of reference for this in my own life where I've seen people... And I think it could just have to do with your immune system. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if it gets into, like, cancer, but – so I'm not going to make any assumptions. But yeah. – I don't see why not, though. I mean – I don't either. Yeah. It could be I heart also, disease. 
There was a time where I went to a very important um, event in just something I wasn't used to going to, where I had a heart rate where my watch, my Apple watch told me, uh, are you okay? <laughs> Based yeah. in my heart rate. So. I had one of those. I don't know that it was strong enough to alert me, but I was looking back at my heart rate one day and it was just like a relatively casual event. And Eric, my husband was there with me and we left and I was looking at it later and I was like, huh, what happened at that time? And thinking back, I was like, oh, we socialized. Yeah. And he looked at his and it was perfectly steady, was so super normal. calm. And I was like, what does that say about yeah. me? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, 10 out of 10 agree. Yeah, so you're, and Yikes. that's a good a good point to make is that this list looks different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone has individual points of stress. And some you could heal from maybe quicker and kind mm-hmm. of move on from faster. And some like, like some of the 100 point ones may stick with you for a year and some of the smaller ones may last a week. But if they maybe, if the stars align in a bad way, mm-hmm. you could have the perfect storm. Well, and I imagine things like vacation and major holidays, some of those where you're planning an event or you're just going through the most, <laughs> Frankly, like you're doing the thing. The first thing I thought of when you told me the scale was that to me justifies why I moved away from my hometown and where <laughs> my family lives because... It gets so complex yeah. depending on how so many. So much planning. Yeah. The more people you have in your life, the more complexities, mm-hmm. if they're all super close to you and they're like such a big part of maybe your emotions. Yeah. Because when you live near them, like you're carrying like, oh, what do they think about what I wore, what I said, or like, did I act the right way in this scenario? And then if something, some other big life event is going on and maybe then you have 10 close family members that you're trying to regulate with. The variable is so exponential depending on what that group of people is. And maybe this is my introverted mind telling me (laughs) I chose the right equation for stress-free or low-stress choices. But that's the first thing that came to my mind was... It makes so much sense. Yeah, literally like in-laws, marriage, like a lot of this is family related, Mm -hmm. which makes a lot of sense because when you care about someone a lot and when they have a big portion of your life, where you've spent time with them, where you care about how they feel about you, things mm-hmm. like that, it's going to affect you. Yeah. And I, I'm sure it adds as much value as it may cause stress. But yeah. again, like you said, if it's all happening at once, that could be a problem for you. Yeah. So, but, and things like, you know, vacation, I'm sure the stress ends as soon as you get home. Like it, it probably, I mean, for some people, but it, some of this is going to be years and years of dealing mm-hmm. with these things. And some of it, it's like, oh, I went on vacation. I'm home. Yeah. Don't think twice about it. So an interesting and concept. And what was the concept called again? It is the Holmes and Ray scale. Okay. So I recommend people look it up. I thought it was so fascinating. Maybe when we're off, we should studied. do a, like a quiz and see. <laughs> <laughs> Tally up our scores. Yeah. See if we're going to die right now. <laughs> Death was not listed, so uh, I don't think we're. <laughs> I think we have to remember that, but you never know. Yeah, I could see it. Actually, small tangent. I think maybe um, us and our husbands were shopping around at one point. We were in a Barnes and Noble, and I stumbled upon a book. And I think I told you about this, where and this totally could be fake. I stumbled upon it and found it just like an interesting thought experiment of how snowflakes form. Remember me telling you about this? familiar so the book theorized that if you spoke kindly or reassuredly to a snowflake as it's freezing it will form in a more consistent beautiful shape and if you (laughs) are like abusive and like saying negative things or feeling negative thoughts about that snowflake it will like kind of be deformed or not as beautiful of a pattern or maybe missing a little section of it or something 
So it kind of reminds me of that where like there are so many underlying factors. And like I said, I don't necessarily believe in that, but just like the thought experiment of like just the amount of positivity or self-talk that you have in your own brain about how happy or sad you are about whatever scenario you're in can make a huge difference on your health probably. Like from the top to the bottom, you know? Well, and I feel like when I am more stressed, I do get sick easier. Like, yeah. I catch a cold easier when I have a million things going on. Yeah. And, par- but again, part of it's, you know, you're not sleeping as well, so maybe you have a sore throat because you didn't sleep very well. Yeah. And it, it could be a number of things. But what you said about snowflakes reminded me that, and I never saw whatever happened with this, but I saw <laughs> I a TikTok <laughs> of this girl who she's like, I've heard that plants will grow differently if you talk nicely to them or negatively Mm -hmm, to them mm -hmm. and then it cuts to her talking very sweetly to this plant and she's like multiple feet away so my originally thought was like oh it probably you know the way you breathe affects the co2 i don't know yeah i thought it had something to do with that but she was plenty far away Mm -hmm. and one she's just like oh you're so beautiful i just love you yeah all this stuff and she's like cursing at this plant, like (laughs) aggressively yeah a verbally abusing this plant <laughs> and it, i think i saw it when she had just like two videos yeah so i don't know if they ever grew differently but you never know so interesting yeah of a concept yeah it is and you can't help but just slightly have to believe in some of that stuff because you can feel it when it's happening to you mm-hmm. and sometimes i think that's where mental health problems can stem from before it gets away from you and like it's subtle and you don't know exactly what it is and like we talked well, about trauma. Yeah, the timeline of when that goes away or is in you and you don't know, all that stuff. So yeah. all interesting. I love that topic. Thank you for Super sharing. Interesting. What's your next topic? Speaking of running away. Oh. <laughs> okay. So um Remember re- moving is stressful. <laughs> yes, not not high enough to stop me. <laughs> what you got? Yeah. Um so recently a uh, someone at work told me about a movie called Far and Away, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I began watching it. I need to watch it. Yeah. So no spoilers. Yeah. Oh. Audrey. Sorry. <laughs> Did you put your whole topic around movie spoilers? Um no, actually. It's, you can spoil yeah. the movie. Sorry. It's fine. It's, I, I am going to watch it, so it's fine. Well, there's it's a, fine. It's more, it's a very, it's like a storytelling movie that's kind of, Are you it, it keeps. There's no spoilers? Like you can't spoil it? Not really. It's kind of on the back of the back of the cover of the DVD, like okay, what fine. their main plot is. Well, warning to everyone: there are some spoilers. It's an old movie, yes, though, so. super old. I've had ample time to watch it, yeah, and I will. I think watch it came it. out in the eighties or something. So, okay, yeah, proceed. It'll be fine. Yeah, I think this will make you more excited actually to watch it. Ooh. And to be fair, I haven't seen the very end of the movie, so I don't <laughs> know the actual spoil of this movie. Like the spoiler. That's really funny. Um, but anyway, it got to this point in the movie where. Blah, blah, blah happens. Bleep, bleep, bleep <laughs> happens. Thank you. And uh, character one and character two um, uh, reunite kind of by accident in Oklahoma. And originally they're from Ireland. Mm. And um, they come to America together. And then they part ways for a while. And then they reconvene by accident in Oklahoma. But the reason that they were brought to America or they brought themselves to America was because they heard that America was giving away free land. Oh, I mean, that's pretty good incentive. <laughs> yeah, for real. And so they both have their reasons why, which is like the whole point of the story. It's pretty cute. Um, but they get there and um, there's like this huge crowd of people. And so it's just like just by chance that they both end up continuing on with their plan to go to Oklahoma just separately. 
Um, and there's like covered wagons and this is like late 1800s. Um, there's covered wagons, people on horses, people coming on trains, um, people going by foot all the way to Oklahoma to get free land. And it's literally like, it's word of mouth. It was done by flyers and like, just like people in Ireland found out that there was just land being given away. And if you think about, so we went to Ireland and it's very like old and historical, like 1600s and before. Oh yeah. Way like older than that even. 1400s. I, I think there was three digit years. <laughs> oh like, yeah, true, I think true, we true. went to a bar that it was like nine hundred. Yeah. So um, anyway, they don't have a lot of like land up for grabs or like public land that well, will go to sale. Yeah, exactly. The whole island is not much bigger than the state of Washington. Yeah, exactly. That being said, the idea of free land was enticing to so many people. In fact, it was about fifty thousand plus people Ooh. coming to Oklahoma. I guess Oklahoma. that's like a town. Yes. So there was about 2 million acres of land in Oklahoma that was up for grabs. And the point that I'm at in in the movie right now is called a land rush or a land run. And I'm like, what? Finders keepers, essentially. I'm talking Black Friday, but with 150 acres a pop. Whoa. Yes. So that sounds so fun and so terrifying. Yeah. And so Which is exciting. why exactly. So that's why as someone who always desires the idea of moving or adventure or like escaping it all and like could you imagine? So okay. I'm getting excited. But <laughs> there were almost no rules and it was very I I don't know how something like this flew because we did have some laws and things back then and we all know the backs that this country was built off of. And I'm not going to get super deep into the fact that, yes, our we land, stole land. We yeah. stole land from Native Americans and it from... wasn't ours to take or yeah, give. Or people of color. Yes, of black people. Completely agree. So that being said, um, after the Trail of Tears and the Indians were pushed off of their own land um, under false pretenses and manipulation of governments that were taking advantage of them, the land rushes began. So these lands were occupied by Native Americans. Then, from my understanding, they were occupied by black communities. Then the land rush began. So, yeah, you can kind of see. That's so upsetting. Yes, that's the dark history of this. But I want to focus on the fun-sounding aspects of this. <laughs> sure. Um, but basically, it's exactly how you would imagine where... Back then, so it's 1889, I believe, was the kickoff land rush in Oklahoma. And everyone was promised 150 acres across, like I said, 2 million acres. And they were given basically a flag, quite literally a flag. And everyone stood on the outskirt border of the land. It's like capture the flag. And when a cannon went off. It's you a could, game. You could, yeah, <laughs> you could go by foot or by horse. I guess or you by, have to, Or by yeah. wagon, but you'd be a lot slower. Whoa. And you could venture in. I don't, I didn't look into the nitty gritty and it is something that's kind of curious to me, but like, I don't know how they like sectioned it off and like measured it all See, out. That's what I was hands. wondering, but I suppose 2 million is what you said? Yeah. Divided by 50,000. I don't know how those I, numbers were. But either. it seems like there would be a buffer. Yeah. some extra. Exactly. So point being, there was so much drama and chaos because if you could imagine... Black Friday, but with hardly any laws. And, like, the part that I tried to look up that I couldn't find answers to was, like, 
how come some people could be on a horse, but some people had to run for it? Like, it yeah. obviously didn't seem it's probably fair. probably what you bring. <laughs> yes. So, and it truly was. Like, these are settlers. Like, they're people, well, like I said, Native Americans and Black people were pushed off of this land throughout our history. But these are the settlers that our government recognized as the owners of the land after the land rush. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, for the record, I was very wrong. If 50,000 people have 150 acres each, that is 7 million acres. So there oh. was not enough for everyone. See, I, yeah, I wasn't sure, but that thanks was for doing bad. that math. When we get into the millions, I just assumed. Yeah, you just so guessed. I was, <laughs> a million is enough for everyone in the world, right? <laughs> I was 300% off. <laughs> yeah. So, point being, it was a mad freaking dash and... So there's, so the people who went out to get the land uh, were called boomers. So I thought that was kind of funny. That is kind of funny. And then um, also the term, if you've ever heard, okay, so this is another offshoot that I was like, this sounds familiar. So you know how there's a football team called the 49ers, Mm -hmm. I believe? Well, they called these boomers 89ers because this happened in 89. So if I could deduct, I think maybe the 49ers were a different type of like settler back in the day. That must um, mean something. Yeah. So these people, these people who ventured out to get land were called boomers, but also 89ers. So that's kind of the fun terminology. Hmm. And then there's also people called Sooners. That I think I've heard of. I, that, it sounds I don't familiar. know. Is it a baseball team? <laughs> uh, no. Sounders? Well. I don't know what I'm thinking of. Yeah. But point being, I've heard of these terms before. And How is that? What? There is a Oklahoma Sooners football team. Ha-ha! And basketball. Aha! I told you. That might be... I can't it tell if it's right. like what level of athletic yeah. it is. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Interesting. Continue. Exactly. So who knew? Like, I, I'm sure people, if you're listening from Oklahoma, you're like, duh. You're, yeah, you're very duh. upset by yes. this. The only never context heard about this. I have of Oklahoma is the movie Oklahoma, which is a musical that oh. I watched as a kid. And I believe there was tornadoes. So oh. ever since, I crossed <laughs> it off my you're list. Like, nope, not interested. Not yeah. You're right about the 49ers. The nickname, it's a nickname for those who flocked to Northern California in 1849. Aha. So it was the first version of mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, that's why that checks out because obviously California was settled later than like even Oklahoma in some parts. This was 1849. Well, I know. So and you said 1889. So Oklahoma was settled by Native Americans and some Black communities, and also some white people okay, before I see that. What you mean. So the state did exist, and it was settled upon. But this was a huge majority of the land. Gotcha. If that makes sense. So it does check out that piece. Hmm. But that being said, 89ers boomers are the names of the people who went out to claim the land. And something that I thought was really cool is that you did not need citizenship to do it. Oh, that is you cool. You could be a woman, which legally at that point they That's weren't allowed shocking. to vote. Yeah. Oh, not even close. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, I thought that was pretty amazing that it was like literally a free-for-all just to get people out there. Well, and if you think of the timeline, that wasn't that far between or before the Great Depression when things were like on the up and up yeah. and the economy was going up quite a bit Mm -hmm. before it crashed so yeah kind of sounds like people were moving and grooving and making all kinds of changes so the differences though between the boomers and 89ers and the sooners is that the boomers (laughs) uh they 
paid the filing fee of $14 to get the application to be there. And the Sooners were people who came and squatted in the middle <laughs> of the 200 uh, or the 2 million acres of land to claim good spots early. So, so it's kind of like if, sooner. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of like if Walmart is having a Black Friday sale and you hide in the pillow bin until, <laughs> until they actually open the floodgates for Black Friday. <laughs> and then uh, they just run out and grab the best TV that's on the, on the block. So I found an inflation calculator for that dollar amount. And it doesn't go back to 1889, but if the furthest it'll go back is in 1913. But if you go back that far, $14 is almost $400. Yeah. Which still, still isn't that much. I'd pay that much for 150 acres. I would kill to pay that much yeah. for that many acres. Yeah. So anyway, wow. I just thought this concept was super cool sounding. Just the idea that, it, 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 again, reiterating, awful. There were people there before, but if we're separating ourselves from that concept yeah the idea of there being a free-for-all of land and resources and i guess the the one thing i do want to address is that they wanted people to farm it so they were encouraging yeah that makes sense that's why there's so many like acres involved and so they want you to do something with the land so anyway i don't Um, know how the movie ends i don't know if (laughs) they get a plot or someone gets a plot or whatever the heck i get the impression they probably fall in love yeah and happily ever after and cute kids and Oklahoma stuff. So we'll find out because I do want to watch it. Yeah, it's pretty good. That does make me want to watch it more. Yeah. That sounds very cute. I did want to tell a story of a group of women. I read a short clip of a newspaper article back from 1889 or when they were gearing up to go settle out there. Um, There was a group of, I think it said, five women are currently on their way from Arkansas to Oklahoma to begin the land rush. They all are good-looking and have plenty of money and have vowed to each other to not marry for five years after their purchase. <laughs> so I think they, it was like some woman pact. that Girl they all, bosses. Exactly. They went out together. They had plenty of money. They saw their opportunity. Maybe they started like a little lesbian co- commune out there. <laughs> we'll never know. We'll never know. But I just thought it was so funny that they, that there was article clips about whose story and and why people would come out there and like I said that movie was like people from Ireland or all sorts of walks of life who could make the trip out there which in itself would cost money because you'd have to buy a horse or a covered wagon Take a and boat yeah well not to Oklahoma well to the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> yeah true 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 so anyway I thought that was wow. super cool and the idea of a free for all for free land sounds like the coolest concept in the world and I ten out of ten would do it. It's crazy to think about life before the internet because we are young enough. And I just can't fathom being confident enough in word of mouth. And even still, like, how do you know when the cannon goes off? Like, how, how, how? I I can't fathom it. Mm -hmm. But people had to take a chance and it paid off, Mm -hmm. obviously. Mm -hmm. One article, that snippet that I saw was about the like heroic story of a man who just with like a tent on his back which a lot of people had horses like I said but he um I think they said he walked I don't know he like walked around like tens of miles to get to whatever spot he was at and he had like a pack on his back and was doing it all himself and made like record time and ended up getting one of the best plots in Oklahoma because he had the grit to get out there and and then there were so another piece that I can't confirm really was 
Another type of Sooner was someone who kind of cheated the system because they could afford a train ticket. Because at that point, through Oklahoma, through that land, actually, there were train rides. Oh, you Um, just hop off? Yes. So there was a story of a woman who did that where her record of accounts was like she hopped onto a train, like cut a deal with the conductor, rode in on the front of the train, hopped out, planted her like flag where she was, fired her gun in the air, and then hopped back on the caboose and took off. (laughs) So like she was just there to claim her plot of land and move on with her life. Wow. That's fascinating. I don't know how well they... uh, track things back then it seemed like it was literally a free-for-all and kind of scares me oh, the yeah. idea of what I, could have happened like i bet people, people probably were hurt murdering. Each other. yeah they were definitely hurting each other yeah to do that so anyway i just the concept blew my mind because when i brought it up to the coworker, i was like oh i've made it about this far in the movie they actually saw each other in oklahoma and i think they're about to have a land rush are those real and she was like yeah and i was like what i was literally <laughs> about to say i can't believe i've never heard of same this. It feels, it should be a part of the U.S. history you well, take in high school. I've heard of, like, the gold rush of California, but I don't know I if that's... I didn't hear of it in that specific context Well, exactly. I don't land. think it, I don't think that's the same. I, I always interpreted the gold rush of California was, like, people were rushing there because of the gold. Yeah, me too. But they still had to buy land. Yeah, they couldn't just show up and yeah. have land. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I thought it was kind of cool. I'd do it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Free land? Come on. Maybe with some more context, some more validation that it's yeah. real. Interesting. Well, my second thing is relevant to both of us. Hmm. And it is our new summer hobby of uh-huh. roller skating. Ooh, it's a vibe. It's definitely a vibe. And it is, I would say, like a, I don't know, 70s, 80s, 90s trend that is yeah. definitely coming back right yep. now because of... TikTok. Yeah, TikTok and quarantine because it was something that people could do outdoors, but also kind of indoors yeah. if you really want to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the TikToks I've seen that made me want roller skates were like people like dancing around and I don't know, just having a good time and learning some cool tricks and it looked super fun. And so I've kind of, I don't know, had my eye on skates for a while and Eric got me some for my birthday, or he, I suspected it, and he confirmed it ahead of time. Yeah. So I was able to help pick them out and everything. Uh, but he he was going to get me roller skates, and I was super excited. And so you and Dakota got roller skates, too, so mm-hmm, it could be mm-hmm. our summer hobby, hobby this year, and I'm sure for years to come. Yeah. And so I did a little bit of digging to see where the heck roller skates came from. <laughs> and Who put the wheels on their feet, those goofballs? Yeah, and so I kind of assumed maybe like a 1900s thing that people just started doing, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I didn't know the context. And would you believe that they date back to 1743? Holy smokes. Yeah. and In the what first, region of the world? London. Oh. So the first reported use was uh, 1743 on a London stage. And so that's kind of how they started out. It wasn't a fun hobby. It was like a tool. And, well, sort of. It created an illusion, if you will. Ah, yeah. I was actually thinking that. I was like, back then, if you weren't used to seeing people fluidly mm -hmm. skate across the stage, it would be quite the trippy, like, visual. Well, and... Once I read a little bit about it, it made it started to make more sense. So ice skating did exist already. That makes so sense. So it was patented uh, not until 1760, um, but at that point it was patented by a Belgian inventor. And that was more of an inline skate where the wheels are 
all in yeah. a row as opposed to the quads gate where it's set up like a car mm-hmm. was how it's described yeah. which I thought was a fun way to think <laughs> about it uh, and so it was described as an ice skate on wheels they didn't have brakes yet which oh. is a scary thought <laughs> uh, but uh, they weren't very popular actually makes sense and it wasn't until the 1840s where an opera had skates to simulate ice skating on stage and that was sort of when they started to become more popular uh so in 1863 james plimpton (laughs) from massachusetts invented the rocking skates which is the four-wheel configuration for Ah, stability okay well um, and that's the same configuration that's still used today so it goes back like 150 years, mm-hmm. and it started to become a sport. And so some variations of that would be speed skating, mm-hmm. roller mm-hmm. hockey, which did have an Olympic appearance in 1992, Ooh. which I did not know. I did not think it was that formal. Yeah. And then roller derby is one that's common, mm-hmm. which I will say, I don't know if it's something about the area we live in or maybe I just didn't realize, but roller derby seems more popular than I originally thought mm-hmm. because – my husband works with several people that either do or have done roller derby in the past, and mm-hmm. I've met a couple people, so it seems quite intense. So it is not on my list. Oh, no, I'm not to here to break bones. Exactly. But roller skating became super popular. Like, it exploded during the disco era, uh, and it tapered yeah. off in the 80s and the 90s. But when you think of roller skating, it's pretty quick to go to bell bottoms and... Yes. Sparkles and sequins and disco balls and... It's the vibe I've been channeling all of pandemic. It is. And maybe that's why it's so obvious in my mind, but it is a good vibe. Yeah. And so sales increased during the pandemics, as we assume, because it had outdoor possibilities. You Mm -hmm. could be far away from people. You could play in your driveway, in your house, if you have a living room with hard surfaces or something. Yeah. And people started doing dancing, which... Uh, I believe it's called jam skating, where what? you kind of dance around. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and so, I mean, if you're bored, look up rollerblading on TikTok, and there's some super cute, just mm-hmm. cool things. And so I only got my skates Monday, because they were back-ordered because of the popularity the all of a sudden. Yeah. And uh, I am getting comfortable on them. Yeah. So my first goal is to figure out how to skate backwards. So I am oh. doing little things to get more comfortable doing that. Oh. So. Yeah, I need to practice more with you. Yeah, so it's been fun. And get this, there are a ton of health benefits to roller skating. Oh, really? So it is considered a complete aerobic workout. You can burn 330 calories in an hour at going only six miles an hour. Hmm. And you can burn 600 calories by going only 10 miles an hour. So if you're like using this to get somewhere, you're just going down a path. Like, it's good exercise. Yeah. And so a study in the University of Massachusetts found that inline skating causes less than 50% of the impact jog that jogging does to your joints. Mm-hmm. And it is actually the equivalent to jogging for health benefits. Hmm. So it is like a super fun, speedy, kind of like an elliptical for your feet. <laughs> exactly. And I don't know. Maybe I've always enjoyed kind of those wheels type mm-hmm. skates. I longboarded a lot towards the end of high school, and I enjoy, like, going fast and having the wind in my hair, and I don't know. I just think it's fun. You kind of feel like you're flying in a way, and so I'm excited to have this as a new hobby. We need to get up our speed a little bit more, too. I feel so lame when I'm just, like, (laughs) chugging along, begging not to fall in my mind, which is Mm -hmm. half the battle itself is... You feel so high up, because it's, like, an extra four inches underneath you. You feel like you're in stilettos. But also, like, you could fall to your death without being able to stop. (laughs) Well, yeah, and they're pretty, I mean, 
when you're not used to it, it feels really unstable. And I'm already getting a lot more stable and mm-hmm. more comfortable. So I think it just depends on the person. But I, I will point out that we have helmets and elbow and knee yes. and wrist pads because All the things. I don't want to hurt myself. We are old enough that we will not heal that fast. You're old. You're almost old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think it's a fun thing. I mean, if it wasn't obvious, the 90s style is coming back. Mm-hmm. And I think this is just a fun version of it. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. I love that. And it's fun. And I need you to encourage me to be better because I'm kind of scared of mine. I would love that. I have gone, I haven't gone the last two days, but when I first got them, I went three days in a row. And just a a little parking lot to kind of zip around. And I'm trying to, like, you can look up on YouTube or TikTok ways to get more comfortable. So I'm doing what's called bubbles Mm -hmm. where you do I, things with th- your people feet. can't see yeah. me but i'm making the motion of a circle with it's, my feet. your legs go in and your legs go out your legs yeah. go in and they go out so that you don't go too fast mm-hmm. but you're still learning like the control of your feet basically yeah. and i'm trying to get really comfortable using a toe stop because i grew up on inline skates but mm-hmm. never quad skates because i always if i tried them was very bad at them yeah and thankfully i haven't fallen yet but mm-hmm. i am getting more comfortable yeah so i think it's just practice we should practice falling that's what they uh, encourage on yeah. tiktok and things i have watched videos on how to fall correctly and it says like put your arms in like fall on your butt yeah or, like the side of your butt is ideal or i mean if you're gonna get up to your arms like fall on your arm not your wrist because yeah you could you want to protect is like, the knees I don't the elbows know. and the wrists have you felt the, the wobbles yet where you need to like pinwheel your arms around to get your balance I have, see, and that's the problem, is my instinct when I start to wobble is to, like, fling my arms out yeah. to stabilize myself, mm-hmm. I think is what you're describing. Yes. And when I was trying the other day to start going backwards a little bit, if I got a little wobbly, my instinct was to put my arms down. And it's really hard not to. Yeah. So I'm trying to practice that. I'm nervous to practice actually falling. Maybe we should do it in the grass for a while. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah. And some that. of the videos say, like, when you're first starting out, like, it's a great idea to start by standing on carpet. Something where you're not going to zip away really mm, easy. So, mm-hmm. things like that. So, there is a if ton of If only we could get our workplace cleared out for us. Could oh. you imagine skating? Ooh, I, I that idea. can't fathom. Well, and back when I was a kid, I had wheelies, mm-hmm. which was tennis shoes with you wheels. You mean heelies. Oh, heelies. You're yeah. right. See? Heelies. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> Heelies, you're right. So they had wheels in the heel, mm-hmm. and you kind of stopped, similar to an inline skate with your heel, you would just tip it back a little further. And I was pretty good at those. Hmm. But my favorite place was Costco. Oh. <laughs> because it was the best floor. They didn't Man. want you to use your Heelies. So if they yeah. saw you, they'd tell you to stop. Yeah. But I would... Boo them. In the <laughs> aisles. Or, yeah, I would, I would still do it a little bit. But yeah, something like that would be ideal. And I am... Like, I'm not going to lie. I feel silly. I don't want people to watch me rollerblading (laughs) because I feel, and all the pads and the helmet, like, I feel silly. My neighbor saw me the other day and made a point to tell me they saw me. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's fun. (laughs) Don't bring it up. Don't. (laughs) I am embarrassed now. Which I don't want to be. Like, it's super fun. And I like it a lot. But, yeah. so We should try going to, like, a roller dome sometimes. I think, yeah, like, a roller rink would be super fun. There was one in Coeur d'Alene that I used to go to as a kid that would be great. And I think it's still open. Yeah. And... I wish I was brave enough to go to, like, a skate park, but I literally, (laughs) we have a really tiny one in the town we live in, and there's some, I think, in each of the three towns in our area, and I was just Googling, like, good places to skate, like, hoping to find a smooth parking lot or Mm -hmm. tennis court or something, and 
it said, oh, well, there's this actual skate park. And I was like, oh, maybe in this town at this time of year, maybe there wouldn't be that many people. Mm -hmm. So the next day I went there and the edgy kids glared at me and I immediately was just like, nope, I'm too scared to skate in front of these edgy So you like brought your stuff and were like, No, I, well, I had, I think I had my skates, but I wasn't planning to skate at the skate Mm -hmm. park because I'm a big chicken. Yeah. And I actually saw online that skating in the morning at a skate park is a good chance you're not going to see anyone Mm. because edgy kids sleep in. Yeah. So uh, I'm and we got that corporate d- schedule. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> I am way too scared to go to a skate park because of all the hills. But someday I would be intrigued to go because there's flat parts that are super smooth. Yeah. So anyway, a parking garage would be good. Oh, just go down in one big giant or circle. Flat parts, <laughs> the top yeah. of the parking garage. So anyway, there's a lot of options mm-hmm. uh, as we get comfortable. I'm excited. Yeah, should me be too. Fun. I just wish I was brave enough that I didn't want people to not watch me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not at that level either. Yeah. Someday. Super fun. Yeah, Thanks for sharing. I like course. the history of them. I like that it feels kind of healthy now that yeah. I know that. So Exercise. it's more incentive. Yeah. Because they're skinny. It's so much <laughs> more fun than walking on a treadmill. Yeah. And, ugh, yeah. Instead of being like, where'd you go last night? You're like, oh, I, I went to the gym. And they're like, oh, okay, nice. But if you're like, oh, I roller skated all last night. <laughs> and what do my roller skates look like, you ask? Rainbows. Yep, they're my pink pads, and rainbow. My pads, they're pink. <laughs> and that's literally what my coworker said. He's like, oh, yeah, I drove by and I saw and I literally saw him coming and ran away. I skated <laughs> away hoping he wouldn't see me. But he did. Please. And the next day at work, he messaged me on our messaging system. And he's of like, course. hey, I saw you skating in your driveway. And, and he was nice, but he's like, yeah, it made me smile. So, like... Like, do you do roller dirt? Like, what's your plan with that? And I was like, oh, it's it's just fun. And he made a point of saying, like, yeah, I saw pink rollerblades in a pink helmet. And I was like, yeah, I like pink. <laughs> Everything's pink. Mind your business, how about? <laughs> but it, Look it was, away. It was nice, but yeah. I felt like I was caught being yeah. a kid. That's funny. <laughs> but it was fun. Cool. All what's right. What's your last thing? Yes. So, in my true nature, um, it's another thing about running away somewhere, kind of. A little bit. Um, so recently I, again, stumbled upon some TikTok of a girl who was going on this monologue about how she had just recently went to the ocean and her skin had cleared up entirely. And she's like, and I swam. I saw this TikTok yes. and I wanted to I know. I, I know. I was like, uh, another excuse to go to the ocean? Okay. <laughs> well, I've, sorry, I'm totally interrupting Please. your process. That's why we're here. But I have heard this even with going to a lake, which is contradictory because... I'll do that too. Her reasoning was she said the salt the water. Salt, yeah. And she literally, either she said or a comment said, if you mix this ratio of salt and water, it's the same as seawater. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I want to try yeah, it. I don't know too. if it's real. Let's make a vat of it. I remember in high school, my friend, we went, had a lake day one day and we went swimming and she pointed out, she's like, oh, my skin is feeling so much better because she like had a breakout that morning. Yeah. And I've always wondered if there's something... Who knows, with, like, the fish in the mm-hmm, water, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. algae. I, yeah. I don't know. I've always been fascinated. Yes. As you were saying. So that's what stemmed this about, like, the health benefits of mm. living near the ocean. <gasps> I love the ocean. So if you want reasons. Tell me everything. <laughs> exactly. So that that stemmed my um, discoveries that I made this time. Um, so to start with, it helps you sleep better. What? So there's... Like this white noise? Yes. Basically, it's that the air has iodine in it, and it helps, like, you regenerate and actually, like, your cells reprocess themselves better. So it's it's actually about the air quality that you're breathing in out there. 
I love it. I know. Keep, so it's like there's, more. there's science behind it <laughs> This there. is so fascinating. I agree. Oh, I love the ocean. And then it also supposedly helps your mental health. Uh, yeah. Could have told you that one. Yeah. So It makes me feel so at peace. Yeah. So the other reason is that it can improve your mental health just by being awe-inspiring. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> makes perfect sense to me. So we've talked about this on an episode in the past, but it's kind of what some of my spirituality that I carry or believe in my heart that helps me feel better about my existence in the world. And it's based on theories about the ocean and how if you look at the ocean and you think about all the adjectives that you would describe the ocean with, like it's powerful, it's ever flowing, it's mm -hmm. vast, it's huge, it's plentiful, it's, you know, all these things. It's so energetic or it's kind of like intimidating but interesting and all these things. And if you took a bucket of water out of the ocean and walked away with it and then described the water that's in the bucket, you'd probably <laughs> call it water, salt it's, water. It's wet. It's, it's wet. Yeah. Full of water. And so that's kind of how humans look at their own lives where mm -hmm. you could imagine a person would look at maybe their idol and say that they're awe-inspiring, they're so interesting and people are so cool or whatever, and you just view yourself as the water in the bucket type of thing even though we're all made out of the same stuff so mm -hmm. i thought that was really cool that like there's a direct relation to if you see awe inspiring landscape it can actually affect your mental health i feel that in my soul yeah. so i believe every word of what you're saying because <laughs> i like i can taste it yeah. i love it so much and i just think about it and it oh envelops me i just love it same and for me i can prove that to myself ocean or no ocean like we go to places that have beautiful mountains like joseph oregon and i look and i feel like invigorated about my own life and mm -hmm. all this energy about if the earth is so beautiful and so awe-inspiring maybe i could be too you know well and i think about kind of the reverse of that too when i'm thinking about where i want to live and it sounds I don't know, snobby, but like I would never want to live somewhere that I didn't find beautiful. Yeah. Because same. it does add so much value and positivity and just, oh, it's gorgeous. And I grew up in a gorgeous place. Mm -hmm. And so I was spoiled with that. But I, it makes me never want to live anywhere that I don't find beautiful. Same. And then the third reason is salt water helps your body heal and your skin heal. So well, that makes sense because when you get like sorry i keep it no you. please when i get like a new piercing or something you literally cleanse it with salt water salt as water. it's healing yep so the ocean huh. is rich in minerals like magnesium chloride sodium potassium iodine and sulfur and they have curative anti-inflammatory effects on the skin and then if you mix that with uvb rays it's like the perfect like recipe for healing Say no more. I'm going to move to the ocean and be a surfer. I'm just saying. And fish, and it's going to be great. Yeah. And then the last reason that I found was overall, likely people who live near the ocean are more active because with all of those health benefits or things that are benefits in general that I talked about with going to the ocean, it's if your mental health gets better when you're there, if your physical health gets better while you're there, and it's awe-inspiring and interesting to you, you're more likely to it's a snowball to effect. It. Exactly. Yeah, and it if you if you go there and it makes you happy, it, in, it increases all those things and just makes everything so much better. It makes you happier and more likely to be active. Yeah. So if if it's awe-inspiring, you'll be drawn to it, mm -hmm. just like as we know we are with the ocean. 
And when you're walking around in the sand, it's super good for your calf muscles. I'm sure we've all felt that I've before. I've felt that, yeah. <laughs> so just the fact that you could be drawn there for all those natural reasons. And it benefits you when exactly. you Exactly. And it's like, um, okay, don't tell me twice. I'll go. Try Literally, me. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. Yeah. And I, I mean, I can see why you'd flock to it in any, like, weather, anything. Because if it's hot, you know what you want to do? You want to be by the water. Exactly. If it's cold, that's fine. You don't have to go in it. You can still walk on it and be excited about it. Yeah. And oh, I just love that so much. And the interesting thing about like the health benefits you mentioned of like your skin and stuff, it's interesting that you don't have to like digest any of it to yeah. get the good benefits. Just you can soak them soak in, in and just be surrounded by them yeah. and it works. Yeah. So I, I thought that was so the cool. ocean. Yeah, me too. My like dream would be to have a house that overlooks the ocean, but in a small enough town and not even like a california beach where it's hot like an oregon coast anything mm-hmm. i don't even care just yeah same z's because oh, and just for a while because it's such a different perspective change from we've been in well you've lived in california but the majority not of the beach, our though. lives yeah we've been inland and yeah. landlocked and when you're away from that for so long it's really hard to i don't know imagine that lifestyle and then once you go there it's like there's such a vibe. And I don't know yeah. how to explain it. Like, you can tell people seem grounded, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it's inspiring to me. And I think of what it would be like to be a beach lady. And that sounds fun to me. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I Making love it. Sandcastles. I'm ready. Where do we go? Holes. When do we leave? Yes. Now, always, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Well, if it wasn't obvious... We're not experts, but we are definitely fascinated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We talked about some cool stuff this week. Uh, If you enjoyed listening, you can subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts to hear us again next time. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you have information you want to share with us, anything you're fascinated in, things you want to hear about, you can email us at friendsfascinated at gmail.com. We can't wait to share more fascinating topics with you next time. You've just listened to another episode of Friends Fascinated. Thanks for listening.